have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, I haven't seen you in a week. Or if you've seen them sooner, just tell them, say, I'm glad to see you again. (laughs) All right. Matthew 6, verse 11. Uh, The entire first half of the model prayer is focused solely upon God. And the prayer opens with an exclusive desire to reverence God, hallowed be your name. A call on Him to bring His kingdom and establish His kingdom. We exalt Him as Father. His kingdom, His will are vitally important to us. Everything centers around the God of glory and His honor. But today we are taught to pray for ourselves. And some people on the surface think that... um, this might be somewhat of a narrow prayer. I mean, why should we, isn't that kind of selfish that we're going to pray for ourselves? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm praying for myself all the time. <laughs> I pray for myself all the time because I need it. I need the prayer. How about you? You need prayer? That's great when other people pray for us, but man, let me tell you, there's something special about God and me spending some time together. See, it's easy if I ask somebody else to pray for me because then I think I'm absolved from needing to pray for myself. But I need to spend some holiness, righteous time with God myself. Preachers find that that's the last thing they do is spend enough time in prayer. They get busy doing a lot of things, but they think prayer is not going to be it. Well, prayer is what's going to carry you. Hmm. <laughs> You can ask anybody who's battling an illness. It's in their alone time when it's just them and God, and a lot of connection happens. All right, brother? <laughs> so we need to learn to pray for ourselves. We need to spend just a few moments today, and the phrase we're going to look at is give us this day our daily bread. I know as a dad raising three sons, it seemed like there was never enough food in our house. Now, I don't know how raising girls is. I assume it's similar to that. But you kind of think girls don't eat as much as guys do. But that's probably not true. But my only experience is with guys. I can remember when uh, Mark was in high school and Joey Twilley and Evan Nichols would come with Mark to the house, and Joey was seven foot nine then. I think he was. He was I mean, I've never seen a, a string bean. He was just tall. And uh, Cindy had just gone to the store, and uh, he walked through the kitchen. Joey did, and he turned around and said, "Hey, Mark, your mom's been to the store." And I don't know if that's code for let's eat everything that's in here, but it was like locusts went through our kitchen. Oreo packages everywhere. It was just amazing. I said, honey, how much did you spend? She said, well, more than you probably wanted me to. I said, well, it looks like we're going to get to do it again. <laughs> so, But, you know, I wouldn't trade a moment of that. I miss it. 
Except now I've got grandkids coming, and that's fun to watch them. Yeah, their mom's a little more strict than I was. In fact, I've already been putting time out for giving them more than they're supposed to have. But that's a whole different story. But what do we learn from that phrase? Give us this day our daily bread. I, I, I want to give you a few things that, that you learn about this prayer. First of all, I want you to notice the devotion of this prayer. And by praying this simple prayer, I'm saying that I believe in certain things. By coming to God to request the provision of life's basic needs. There's been times as a dad when I've sat in my chair all by myself wondering, how are we going to pay for this? Anybody? How, God, will we have enough money to buy groceries this week? How, God, can I even put gas in my car? And yet, it's in those moments that a reassurance from heaven comes over your body, doesn't it? I don't know what it is. Well, I do, but for most people, they just don't go, it's just kind of coincidence. Really? No. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God making provision. Time after time after time. When we pray that prayer, we're simply saying, I cannot make it without you, God. I am totally dependent upon you, Lord. And we're also saying that I believe in God's power. I believe in God's power. And when I pray for God to meet my needs, I'm proclaiming my faith in His power to do just that. I've got three verses there. I want to highlight Job 42.2. It says, I know that you can do all things, that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Thwarted. T-H-W-A-R-T-E-D. Isn't that a great name? Great word. Thwarted. Can't stop it. You can't conquer it. He's able, he can, and he will take care of us time after time after time. Does he not take care of us? When we can't see it, he comes. When we can't feel it, he's still there. If our God can create everything from nothing, he can handle us. I never will forget when Jeff went away to college for the first time. We went to Joplin, followed him up there because there's no way he could drive up there by himself. So we had to follow him. We followed him. I kept saying, Cindy, we've got to go. Not yet. Not yet. I said, babe, we've got to go. Not yet. I said, you can't live here with him. Are you sure? I said, you can't stay here. We've got to go. And we get in the car. And he was, he was silently going, it's about time. And we didn't say a word to each other. Got into Oklahoma and kept driving, not saying anything to each other. I think it was Stroud before we ever said, no, I mean uh, uh, Vanita, before we ever said, hello, are we going to make it? <laughs> and we both were tearing up. That's the way it is, isn't it? Now, when Corey went to OSU, oh, well, he's the middle one, right? We didn't think anything about it until we went over to visit with him. Oh, Lord. He's gone from heaven to hell over there in Stillwater. Wow. Not ungodly people over here. But then when he dropped the baby off, <laughs> that's just not, that's not good. He's in Dallas four hours away. That's not right. 
But somehow they made it. So I have to realize that the guy that created all this from nothing, I think he can handle everything. If he can handle two million people in the wilderness for 40 years, I think he can handle anything that I've got going on. How about you? I think he can handle it. We also, when we pray that prayer, we believe in God's promises. You know, when I pray that prayer, I'm confessing my faith in the promises that God has made to His children. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or His descendants begging for bread. He's promised He'll take care of you. He's going to take care of you. Amen? Amen? I'll stop. Amen? Good job. Also, when we pray that prayer, we believe in God's personality. When we ask God for the daily needs of our life, we are not trying to twist His arm to get Him to give it to us. He gives it to us freely. Dads, don't we do that to our kids? Sure we do. We give it to them freely. Until they mess up. And then we withhold. And then our wives get us in the bedroom. Shut the door. It's never good when she's going to shut the door. It could be, but it's not. It's that look. How many of you, how many of you men know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. And we all say amen. It's that look. And then we go give them whatever they were looking for, whatever they thought they needed. We grudgingly go give it to them, right? Because she said we had to. But we're the man of the house, so we just tell her how it's going to be, right? That's why we pull it out of our pocket and say, here you go. That's <laughs> right. That's why God gave us a partner to help us see things in a different way. My children don't realize how grateful they should be to their mother. Because I would be childless (laughs) if it hadn't been for her in so many ways. But after they were born, of course. So we see the devotion to this prayer. I also want you to see the dependence in this prayer Not only does this prayer honor the Lord by worshiping Him as the great giver, it also expresses a total dependence on Him as a child of His. We're totally dependent on Him. It becomes a prayer of confession. We're simply saying, give us this day our daily bread. We're simply saying, I can't meet my own needs, but you can. But you can. How many times, dads, have we sat in the chair and wondered, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And somehow, 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 it all works out. Car breaks down. No way we can fix it. (laughs) If I try to fix anything, it costs me more to have someone come and fix what I tried to fix than if I'd have hired them in the first place to just fix it. I finally swallowed my pride and let it go, and I just hire it now, done. There's no reason for me to try but I'm intrigued by it. I watch, and then I think I could probably never do that because I'm self-defeating myself, right? But I'm so glad that God doesn't need my help. <laughs> by the way, there's a myth out there that says you, are, you can be a self-made man. It's a lie. God gave you the gifts and talents to be what you are. Now, what you do with those, that's your job. That's your choice. That's your choice. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And that's so true. So it's a prayer of confession. It's also a prayer of confidence. It's a very simple prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day the things that are necessary for my life, Lord. 
I believe you will take care of me one day at a time. Someone said yesterday is a canceled check. It's already been redeemed. Tomorrow is a promissory note. It may never be paid. But today is cash in hand. Spend it wisely. Boy, that's true. Amen. Spend it wisely. No need to pray about yesterday's needs for yesterday is gone. No need to pray about tomorrow's needs for tomorrow may never come. I am told that to pray about today and to walk in simple faith with the Lord day by day. Matthew 6.34 So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. My kids get all, got all flustered when it was test time at school. Any of your kids get that way? Yeah. They get all flustered. I saw a Facebook post on the last week of school I thought was really clever. His little boy, he's sitting there with a real dumbfounded look on his face, and he said, oh, you mean all those other tests mean something now? <laughs> yeah, it does. Every day in life it means something. It builds upon itself. And you learn from everything that happens every day of your life. You'll learn or not. It's your choice. And as you pass through life... Never forget that Jesus Christ went to the cross, died in your place so that you might have Him as your bread of life, your sustenance, your substance in life. He came to do that for you. You need Him. Don't be afraid to call on Him in confidence. John Wesley was that type of man, man of God. Once John Wesley was asked by a friend, supposing, Mr. Wesley, you knew that this was to be your last night on the earth, how would you spend it? Well, at 4 o'clock, I would have some tea. At 6 o'clock, I would visit Mrs. Brown in the hospital. At 7.30, I would conduct midweek service at the chapel. At 9, uh, 9 to 10, I would have my supper. At 9.10, I would have my supper. At 10, I would go to bed, and in the morning, I would wake up in glory. <laughs> See, nothing would change for him. That's the point. Is your life so... Discipline to God that it doesn't really matter if you're if this is it for you. No problem. I'm just going to go through my normal routine and wake up in glory tomorrow. Now, wouldn't that be the way to go? I want to go to bed tonight and not wake up and be with Jesus in the morning. That's my preference. Or like I've said before, it would be fun to be preaching just kill over. Make that profound statement that and you're sitting there going, man, he's never said anything like that before. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> he's gone. You know? But it'll be fun. Also, this prayer can be a prayer of, com- uh, of contentment. But, Dad, before I leave that last point, let me, let me say, John Wesley's kind of perspective is important for each of us. Because there's times when we can simply just pray for our children. We need to be praying over them, for them, praying the Spirit into them, imp- impressing upon their hearts the Word of God. That's where change will come. That's where discipline will be learned. Is if they see us practicing what's taught in the Word of God. Guess what? It's going to rub off. It's going to rub off. But it's a prayer of contentment. It's a simple prayer saying, I'm willing to accept the things that you will send in my life today. God, whatever happens will happen. No big deal. It's no big deal. All through Bryant's first round with his, with his cancer... He just kept saying, Pastors, you know, everything's good. Everything's good. I, you know, I'd, I'd pull him aside because I'd think, well, maybe he needs to have some special time with his pastor. He ended up ministering to me. 
you know, I'd go by. I was going to bring some profoundness into his life and just give him the right words, uh, you know, to really lift his spirit. And I would leave there more enriched than I brought to him. Isn't that it? The most trouble I've been in in a long time was the night I went by to see Brian after he got home from Oklahoma City. And Lynn met me at the door. I took my coat off. I put my cell phone in the jacket of my coat. I was only going to be there maybe 20 minutes. I mean, the man had just he'd, he'd been through the ringer. Two hours later, I mean, we're just going on and on. God is just, I'm having a great time. I get out to my car. I pull my phone out. I've got 95 messages from my wife. I listen to it, and it's this wonderful voice on the other end screaming at me, Where are you? So I call her back. I said, Calm down. She's called Jeff Parmenter. She's found him at the basketball game. They're going to the police to look for me. Jeff's en route from Inola to the hospitals looking for me in the emergency room. I was at Brian's house. I'm glad that they care about me. They thought I was dead in a coma on the side of the road somewhere, I guess. But you see, I lost all track of time because we were having time in the Lord. It was so refreshing. That's what I'm talking about, folks. We've got we've to have that contentment in us. The, the Romans 8.28 passage, uh, you know, it, it says it all. That I'll be content. Everything has a purpose. Just trust the Lord as you walk through those purposes. Amen? Now, we've seen the devotion and the dependence on prayer. And then this, this last thought here in these, this, uh, this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. I want you to see the depth of this prayer. On the surface, it's very simple. But yet, when you think about it, it has a larger scope. It's a communal prayer. Notice the words, us and our. See, God is telling us, we're going to be in this together. We're going to make this together. One of the greatest things about being married is that I'm not doing this alone. I've got a wonderful partner that God sent to me. Oh my goodness, I don't know where I would be without her. And neither do many of you. (laughs) I'd probably be in prison. Or dead by now. I was at Cindy's mom and dad's helping helping her dad set up a computer. Like, I really know much about any of that. But enough to help him get it set up and... He wanted to pay me for my time. His name is Howard. I said, Howard, I can't take your money. He said, well, yeah, you can. I said, no, I can't. I said, because you're my dad. And I can't take money from my dad. So all I got to give you is my time. And, you know, he walked over across the room and gave me a big old hug. I thought, okay, I'll take that. That's worth more than any amount of money he could have put in my hand. Right? Amen? 1 Corinthians 10.24 Let no one seek his own good but that of his neighbor. We're to pray for one another. Pray for preachers. Pray for teachers. Pray for missionaries. Pray for that single mom, that struggling teenager, for that family that's suffering. Can you imagine the families in Orlando, Florida? Goodness, the the family of that little boy that was drugged off by that alligator. My goodness, 
a Christian singer. Fan walks up and just shoots her dead because she refuses to not be around her fans. She was in the midst of shaking hands and hugging all of her fans. And this guy walks up and just shoots her point blank and kills her. And then the 49. I may not agree with the lifestyle choice, but they were all creations of God. Every one of them. And God sent Jesus to die on the cross for every one of them. Including, including the man that killed him. Jesus died on the cross for him too. There's many times when I could not pray for myself as I should have, but boy, I'm thankful that God had others praying for me during those times. There's been some dark times in my life, but I've been grateful for prayer warriors who prayed over me. Lillian Knoll was an elderly lady in our church in Denver. And uh, Lillian taught me a lot about prayer. One day uh, we, uh, I was talking to her and she said, You know, I, uh, I uh, consider myself a prayer warrior. And I said, You know, I, I would believe that. She said, Yeah, God will wake me up early in the morning sometimes, 2 and 3 in the morning. And I have no idea why He wake, wakes me up, but... She said, when he does, I go to my kitchen, I sit down at the table, and on the table is my open notebook of people I'm praying for on a regular basis. She said, well, this morning, about 3 o'clock, I got up and I went in and sat down like I normally do, and I got a glass of water, and I started looking at my prayer notebook, and guess whose name was at the top of my list? I said, the preacher? She said, yours, buddy, yours. I don't know why God woke me up, but I said some prayers for you today. You know, we need those, don't we? That grandmother that never quit praying for you. That mom, that dad that never quits praying for you. Don't ever quit praying for them. Because you never know when the breakthrough is going to happen. Keep praying. Keep praying. And then I want you to see that this is a comprehensive prayer. One commentator said of this phrase that it could be expressed in this way, Give us this day the things sufficient for our survival. Well, that's a, that's a good way to look at it too, isn't it? Philippians 4, 6, and 7, powerful verses, thinking on things above. But I want to reiterate, it's not wrong to pray for yourself. It will never be wrong to pray for yourself. In fact, Jesus clearly communicates that we should be praying for ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask God to lead you. Come to God with confidence. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. One sharp winter night, so runs a nursery tale. A poor woman stood at the window of a king's conservatory looking at a cluster of grapes which she longed to have for her sick child. She went home to to her spinning wheel, earned half a crown, offered it to the gardener for the grapes. He waved his hand and ordered her away. She returned to her cottage, snatched the blanket from her bed, pawned it, and once more asked the gardener to sell her the grapes, offering him five shillings. And he spoke furiously to her and was turning her out when the princess came in. 
Hearing the man's passion, seeing the woman's tears, asked what was wrong. When the story was told, she said, My dear woman, you've made a mistake. My father's not a merchant, but a king. His business is not to sell, but to give. And so she plucked the cluster of grapes from the vine and dropped it in the woman's apron. Isn't that the God that you and I know? Isn't that the God of Isaac, Jacob? Isn't that the way we should be approaching our families, dads? Robert McShane, a great Scottish preacher who was mightily used by God into his death at the age of 29, said this, God will either give you what you ask or something far better. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I want to show you another video. And in this video, you're going to get a chance to see some uh, something very special. And I hope that you'll, you'll see it. I hope I don't have to explain it to you. I don't think I will. Let's just see the video, and then I'll, I'll finish. Yo, comedian Michael Jr. here. As you know, I just flat out enjoy doing comedy. But one of the things I love way more than that is being a dad. Not too long ago, I'm going through some video footage, and I run into this video of my youngest daughter being born. Now, of course, I was there. I actually took the video, but I had never really experienced it from this perspective before. Now, look, we're in the hospital room. She's uh, sticky, and she's baby and all that stuff, and she's in the middle of crying. And then I speak up. I start talking to her, and watch how she responds when she hears my voice. Okay, Portland, look, I'm right here. It's okay, it's okay. I'm right here. I'm right here. We're doing just fine. It's okay. It's okay. I'm right here. Right here. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, baby. It's okay. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> so check it. A few minutes later, uh, the nurse starts working on her, puts her pamper on her, and uh, I'm not saying anything. And she actually starts to cry again. Then I speak up. She hears my voice and stops crying like again. But I want you to notice what else happens after I tell her that I love her. Portland, it's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. I'm right here. I'm right here. I am right here. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. It's okay. It's okay. That's just phenomenal. (laughs) Like, whoa. Here's the thing. We'll always have times where we're not as comfortable, probably even to the point of tears, where life is just heavy. The key thing to do in those moments is to be still and listen for the Father's voice. Because He is trying to talk to you. And I can tell you what he wants you to know is that he loves you. All you got to do is open your eyes.
Happy Father's Day. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. John 14, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in his Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Matthew 21, And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Is there anything you need to be praying about today? Then the bigger question is, will you do it? Father, I ask you this morning to touch our life, touch each of our hearts, remind us and impress upon us the importance of hearing your voice. How special is that, what Michael Jr. showed us? That when we hear the voice of our Father, it brings calm and peace. You've chosen to share that voice with us through your word. If we'll but listen, we'll hear you speak clearly. So God, whatever point of turmoil is in the life of those in this room today, would they pray a prayer of faith and let you handle it? Whatever need they might have, God, would you respond? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just as I am, or him of invitation, would you stand?